Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. The title of the message today is What Price Are You Willing to Pay? What price are you willing to pay? In verse 25 of Luke chapter 14, we want to start there and see what the Lord has to say about the price that he wants us to pay for the salvation of our souls. Now, large crowds were gathered, gathering along with him. So we got large crowds. And he turned and said to them, so he's talking to the, the large crowd that was gathered with them, going along with them. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life cannot be my disciple. Now when it says that and does not hate his own relatives, is, is speaking of loving less, not actually hating. You know it can't be hating because you have to take the word of God from Genesis to Revelation and Genesis to Revelation, so we, even we need to love our enemies. So obviously you're not, you, you, he's not talking about hate. He's saying that in comparison, you need to care more care more for me than you do your father and mother. You need to care for me more than you do your children. You need to care for me more than you do your brothers and sisters who really are really close to you. Now that puts a heavy price on following him and being his disciple, really. And a, a disciple is not just a pupil, a disciple is someone who adheres to the teachings of Jesus and who makes those teachings, those instructions, their rule of conduct. In other words, if we are disciples of Jesus, we learn what he is instructing us to do and we make that our rule of conduct. That's how we behave. That's what we do, we do exactly what he tells us to do. That's a disciple. That's a disciple. Then he says, in verse 27, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's a heavy price, carrying our own cross. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means, one of the things it means is that whatever he's called us to do, whatever is costing us in maybe persecutions, in maybe afflictions, in maybe uh, whatever it is, we carry that for his sake and go after him. Because sometimes when things get a little tough, when things get a little difficult, 
We want to bail out. We want things to be easy for us. We sometimes think, well, if God hasn't provided, if things are not going well, then obviously this is not God's will. Now, I don't know where people get that from, but it's surely not in the Bible. Because I don't know anyone in this New Testament, I don't know anyone in the Old Testament who didn't have a cross to bear for the sake of their Father, God, or Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior in the New Testament. I don't know one. John the Baptist, can we name one? Paul, can we name one? David, can we name one? Jesus, can we name anyone who had it easy and didn't have to bear a cross for the sake of carrying out what God had for them to do? What price are you willing to pay in order to fulfill God's purposes for your life? That's what we're talking about now. Fulfill God's purposes for your life. His purposes. He has more than one purpose. His purposes for your life. What price are you willing to pay? That's the thing that, that I'm ending these messages with because I think it's, it's a legitimate question that I need to ask myself. Am I willing to be his dis- disciple? Indeed. Not just in word. Indeed. Am I willing to pay the price regardless? Because people will pay a heavy price all over the world. People paying a heavy price to be a Christian, to follow Christ. Just in the United States, it's not as, as difficult of a price we have to pay. But it is a price. Because even here in the United States, even here in Lynchburg, even here in Virginia, here at Cornerstone, all of us, as I said before, go, we are going through things that God is asking us to continue to stay about God's business and don't deviate from that. Listen to what he says in, 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 in another part. He says, For which of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost and see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still far away, he considers a delegation and, and ask for terms of peace. So then, he's saying this, all those, these two examples, so then, none of you can be my disciple unless he does not give up all his possessions. Possessions of goods and, you know, what we own. What price are you willing to pay to fulfill God's purposes for your life?
and I'm talking to all of us, me, you, all of us, what price are we willing to pay to fulfill God's purposes for our lives? Now, let's go just a little further because let's give a, a biblical example of what I'm talking about. Let's go to Psalm 108, 105. Let's go to 105 and see what God says there in verse 16 on down. What price are you willing to pay to fulfill God's purposes for your life? Well, first of all, we have to think, what are his purposes? Well, we know one purpose is to glorify him. Well, we, we, we know in the scripture there are a lot of things we're supposed to be doing or not doing. We know that. So what is he talking about, purposes? I don't know all of the purposes he would have for me. That's not only you. I really don't know. I wish I could say I know everything from the beginning to the end what God has for me. I wish I could say that, but if I said that, I'd be lying because uh, I, I really didn't know that I'll be here doing what I'm doing now 20 years ago. I didn't know that. I really didn't. So you don't know a lot of times what God has for you. Listen to what it says here. And he called for a famine upon the land and broke the whole staff of bread. Why would God call a famine on the land? Listen what went really before that. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet and feathers, and himself was laid in irons. Now, I wonder, did Joseph know this? Did Joseph know this when he was young? The purpose God had for him. Let's look at verse 19. This is a key verse. It's very important. And if you would uh, just concentrate on this verse sometime in your, in your quiet time, it's very important. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Until the word of the Lord came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. That's what it says here. God has already determined what his purposes are for each of our lives. And until that comes to pass, the word of the Lord is going to test us. It's going to test us. Are we going to persevere? Are we going to do what uh, God wants us to do in spite of what we see? Because what we see is contrary to what actually is and what God has planned, usually. usually. Otherwise, we would, we would not need faith. Is that correct? You don't need faith in what you see. You don't need hope in what you see. You don't hope for what you already have. You don't have to have, you do not have to have faith for what you already have. <laughs> the word of the Lord is going to test us. 
It's going to test us. Let's go to Genesis and let's look at what we're talking about. Genesis chapter 37. Let's start there. Let's, let's see whether Joseph knew things. Let's just go to school a little bit on, on Joseph because he had some tests. The word of the Lord is going to test him until the word of the Lord will come to pass. I'm not talking about now just a prophetic word that uh, or a dream or a vision. I'm not talking about just that because everybody's not going to have a, a dream uh, like, like Joseph had. Everyone's not going to have uh, some uh, vision of something. But st- still, God has a purpose for our lives. And the word of the Lord is going to test them because the word of the Lord tells us that he wants us to be conformed to his image. The word of the Lord tells us that. What's going, what, what, what is going to happen while I'm not being conformed to his image? Or I'm not looking like his image. Am I still going to, am I still going to believe what God said? Even though it doesn't look good. Even though I'm having problems in, in that area, in different areas in my life, is God's word going to come to pass? He said so many things about his church. He's coming back for a church without spot or blemish, isn't he? That's what his bride is going to be, without spot or blemish. Well, how many of us don't have spot or blemishes right now? I mean, they got spots and blemishes every which way. But that doesn't mean that God's word is not going to come to pass, does it? His word is going to come to pass. It's going to test me. This, until that word comes to pass. I'm going to get different tests all during my life. Different tests. You're going to get different tests all during your life here on this earth. Are you going to pass your tests? What price are you willing to pay to fulfill God's purpose for your life? Are you willing to pay the price that uh, Job paid? Did God use Job? Absolutely, he used Job. He used Job for his purposes. We are still getting encouragement from Job's testimony from the book of Job, aren't we? When things don't go well for us, we, 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 we go to Job, we say, my goodness gracious. But Job, he, he, he had terrible things happen to him, but God still came through for him. God used people. He uses people for his purposes. We can't say to the potter, hey, I want to be made this way, this, uh, in this vessel. No, the potter makes what he wants to make, doesn't he? Or we're going to pass our test to fulfill God's purposes. Now we know that Joseph, in verse 2, verse 2 of chapter 37. We know that Joseph was about 17 years of age. He was just a youth when he started having some dreams. <laughs> and when he started, uh, things start happening. Let's look at verse 3. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a very colored tunic. 
his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Wow. I know that there are siblings that think that your parents favor one over the other. Is it? I mean, is, does, that, does that go on in, 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 in reality, or this is just Bible stuff that happened so long ago? This is not reality. Do kids still say, well, my parents, my, 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 my father, my mother, they treat Susie Q better than they treat me? My daughters do. They do. I'm serious. They do. They do. And if you talk to one, you know, uh, they'll say, well, they treat Ivy better than they treat us. I mean, yeah, Ivy gets anything she wants to, man. They favor Ivy. If you talk to Ivy, oh, well, Brandon, she gets her way, man. Oh, man. She gets her way, man. She's like a baby, man. Everybody gets her way. And Brandon said, well, Cameron, Cameron, she's a mom. Oh, come on. Then that's what they do. That's real. If you have kids, that's real. It's real. His brothers, they were going through a test. Sure, the father was not correct. Surely the, he shouldn't be treating one uh, child better than the other one. But it happens in life. And the brothers were going through a test of jealousy. Have you ever gone through a test of jealousy on your job or uh, in a workplace somewhere where somebody else was favored over you, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought for sure that Heritage head basketball coach was favored when I was coaching over me. I thought officials favored certain coaches over me. And if you know anything about sports, usually if you go to a home court, officials go to a home court, a home field, a lot of times the opposing coach said, well, they, get, they got some home cooking. I mean, they, I mean, hey, you know, we got home cooking because they favor them. I mean, it just happens. Are we going to pass the test of jealousy? Because their jealousy led to hatred. And to add... Uh, more to the, to the fire, let's look at uh, verse 5. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to the dream, this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in, in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheep. Now, I know, they got, I know that, that really pleased them. Yes, Joseph, yes, woohoo, we are, we are. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now, he was on 17, see. It's kind of naive, so. Now, he had still another dream. 
and related it to his brothers and said, Lo, I had still another dream. Come and listen to this dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He didn't say my star. He said to me. To me. He related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come and bow ourselves down before you to the ground? Oh, Let's go a little further over verse 18. Now, here's Joseph going to check on his brothers. And so they see him approaching in verse 18. When they saw him from a distance, and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death and said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. And they were going to kill him, see. But Reuben said, Hey, no, 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 do not, do not take his life. And Reuben, uh, of course, didn't want him to do that. And they said, Just throw him in this pit. Uh, and then uh, Judah, in verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and, and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother of our own flesh. That's, that's interesting. You, we can sell him as a slave because he's our brother. That's better than killing him. They're, they're not passing in the test. So they sold him. 20 shekels of, of silver, verse 28. Let's go to, over to chapter 39. Um, we had, uh, as we were reading there, sometimes when someone tells us something that's exciting to them, but it's not exciting to us, we need to be humble. Because sometimes we, they do that. Hey, guess what? I got a raise, man. I got a raise. And we're saying, you did? And we're working in the same area. You did? Man. Oh. Hmm. Aren't you excited? No, I'm not excited. Yeah? Not excited. That happens on a job sometimes. That's why they tell people, hey, don't tell anybody what your income is. You know, shh, keep it quiet. Keep it under your hat. And, of course, we tell people, you know. And see, they, you have to have humility when somebody tells you something that excites them but doesn't excite you. It really doesn't, sometimes. Sometimes, I mean, you've you got to be real in things. You've you got to think of things that, that's happening to you and say, I can apply this message here in this area right here. Because especially if somebody says, oh, my goodness gracious, my son and my daughter, oh, my, they, they are so great. My, they, they, are, they are doing this and they are doing that. They are, they are, oh, they got this uh, a great job. Everybody is, is so, so excited about this one. And your son or daughter, it's not happening. Good things not, might not be happening to them. And sometimes you get kind of, why did they come telling me that? They know that. My children are not there, and so they come bragging on their children. 
and nobody ever came to you. Let me show you pictures of my grandchild. Let me show you pictures of my grandchild. And I don't have my, my daughter's not married yet. And I said, well, man, they, they don't have any grandchildren. I want some grandchildren. God, you said you, I'm going to see my children's children. You know, and here this person, they're talking about their grandchildren. Do you think it affects people sometimes? It's not, it's not that, now, you got to be in humility. We're supposed to you know, rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Weep with those who are weeping. That's what we're supposed to do. But we're not there all the time. So we can apply the message to that. There you go. Now, Joseph was sold. They come and sell him to Potiphar in chapter 39. Now, Joseph has to pass some tests, doesn't he? Here's a test that Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. This is verse 1. Chapter 39, and Potiphar, the Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, brought him, they bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now, what kind of attitude is Joseph going to have in this situation? What kind of attitude are you going to have when you are placed in a situation that you might not want to be placed in, but they, you're placed in it anyway. You know how sometimes some people, uh, I know when, when, I was, when I was teaching, uh, my first years of teaching at Lincoln, they told me, I want you to coach tennis. Okay. I didn't want to coach tennis. No play tennis. Don't know how to play tennis. But they want me to coach tennis players who, these are kids whose parents go to Oakwood Country Club back then, and they knew how to play tennis. And here I am, this African-American dude, don't know how to hold a tennis racket correctly. These things happen. When I was at Glass one time, they told me, uh, I want you to be baseball assistant coach. The other football coach, he's not made to be no assistant coach no matter what. I have to be assistant coach. Don't compare yourself. I just ask you to do this. That's what I want you to do. Do you, do you know that they can get, that can, that can be a bad thing. How am I going to respond being out there because the baseball people, they have to be out there in the cold. In the cold. Because <laughs> their season starts, you know, really early when it's still cold. Then it, it goes on until it gets warm, but it starts when it's cold. One of the players now uh, who I used to coach, he's grown now. He's a, he's a coach I still remember, man. Um, we'll come off the field and we'll be looking for our coats, and, and you had on about five or ten of them, you know. <laughs> And, and the, coach, the head coach, he would get mad with me sometimes because I want some action in this thing. Baseball is real slow. Uh, so they would get on first base. I say, hey, steal. Go. Go for it, you know. And then you get out. Coach, why, why did you give him the steal sign? I said, I thought he could make it, coach, you know. You stay over here. You stay right here. I'm not going to put you on no baseline no more. You stay right over here. 
you watch the coats. <laughs> what is your attitude going to be when you're placed in situations that you don't want to be placed in? Related to your situations, because we're all going to go through tests. We, we can't, we're not going to go through the tests that Joseph went through. We're going to go through tests that God wants us to go through. You uh, uh, search your life, and you, as you go through things, you think of Joseph, you say, oh, that's a test. That's a test. Am I, willing to pay the, am I willing to pay the price? Was Joseph willing to pay the price to fulfill God's purpose for his life? Now, Joseph didn't know at 17, 18 years old, he did not know that the purpose for his life was going to be this right here because he thought this is going contrary to what my, my, my dreams were. My dream was that these sheaves are going to bow down to my sheep, the sun and moon and, and the stars, they're going to bow down to me. This is not looking good. Has it ever happened to you? When things look contrary to, to how you're praying about things, how you believe things should happen, things sometimes go contrary to that. As any parent with children, sometimes you have a, a child that's just, I mean, they just they go astray. I mean, they just astray. And you say, my goodness, it doesn't look like I've been praying for, you know, this person to be a godly person. This, 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 this. And, and, and it doesn't look that way. It's not over with. It's not over. It's not over in, in, in Joseph's life. Just, just hang in there. Persevere. What price are you willing to pay? Don't get mad at the child and, and you know, do all those type of things. It's going to be okay. Have good work habits. Have a good attitude. When I was fired from uh, head basketball coach at Glass, they, they, they said, I'm going to see you know, what we're going to do here. Let's bring in another coach, which they did, but they said that I want him to be out of glass because he might influence the kids, and so they brought a coach from Lincoln, a physical ed teacher from Lincoln, to be a physical ed teacher at glass, and they moved me to the elementary school, which I didn't know anything about elementary school, never been certified in elementary school, and they said, this is where you're going to be in elementary school, and I'm thinking, ooh, this is not good. Ah, uh, this is not good at all. These are little bit of children walking around, and they can't tie their shoes. This is bad news because, <laughs> because here I am, supposed to have been one of the you know greatest Christian coaches in Lynchburg and Virginia, and here I am now, not coaching, demoted to the elementary school. They don't even have a team in elementary school. What is my attitude going to be? What is it going to be? And that's a test. That's a test. I had no idea that God's working on my character, say. He's working on these things. These are tests that I'm going through because he has something down the road. I did not have a clue what he had down the road. Didn't have a clue. Joseph, I don't think Joseph had a clue what's down the road now. When he's, when he's a, a slave now, he's thinking this is not good. But one thing he did do, he kept doing what he knew to do. He knew he was supposed to work hard. So he's going to work hard. He's not going to slack off now because he's a slave. He's not going to get this attitude, well, beat me. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to have to do what I want. Why should I make you uh, uh, successful? I'm not going to do all this stuff. He could have had an attitude like that, like a lot of employees have, but 
no, no, no. You can't do that just because you're underpaid, just because you're overworked. No, no, no. You have a great attitude, and you work as unto the Lord because that's what you're supposed to do. As to the Lord. And see, what it says is that, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. God can cause you to be successful in whatever you do. He caused me to be successful in elementary school, teaching and coaching, even though I didn't know. I'm not coaching, but teaching. I didn't know, know how to do anything, but I had to learn. The students taught me. The, the other teachers taught me. Um, and, and I had fun, really. I had fun. Let's go a little further. Then, here Potiphar's wife started messing with him and wanting him to lay with her, he refused because he knows what God said. He refuses, and he knows how well Potiphar's been treating him because Potiphar gave him rule over everything, everything. He didn't have to even check on anything with Joseph because God was with Joseph. And she accused Joseph because Joseph would not lie with her. She got mad and accused him of sexual assault. And Joseph didn't do anything. So here is Potiphar, puts him in the prison, in jail. Is he going to have a good attitude now? Things are not looking good for Joseph, are they? They're not, they're not looking good for Joseph. Things might not be looking good for you as far as what you believe God has for you. But let me tell you, it doesn't have to look good. You just have to endure it because it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. God is going to bless you. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. You have a good attitude. You have good work habits. It's going to be good for you. Now, in prison, Joseph, God blesses Joseph in prison. And here comes the captain of the bodyguard who put him in prison. As Joseph, in verse 4, the captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker that was out of favor with the, with the king. Now here's this man asking him, hey, I want you to look out for them. You put me in prison, now you tell me to do something that you want me to do? Are we going to do that? Are we going to do something that, that, that our boss asked us to do when, he, when the boss put somebody over us, when the boss did us wrong, and now the boss is coming and asking me to do something, am I going to do it? Or am I going to have an attitude and I'm going to I'm, 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 I'm go half do it? No. There's another test. Do it. Everything you do, do as unto the Lord. God is the one that gives you, um, you know, recompense. God is the one that rewards us for what we do. Then, here here they have dreams, the cupbearer and the baker, they have a dream. Joseph interprets the dream. As he interprets them, it comes to pass. 
they get out of jail. So Job said, look, remember me when you get out of jail. Remember me because I'm not supposed to be here. I'm unfairly treated to be here. Help me when you get out. Help me. He has his hope up. Chapter 41, verse 1. Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. Now, nothing has been said about Joseph by the people. One is dead because he, that was a dream. He, he was going to have his head taken him. But the other one didn't say a thing. Not a thing about Joseph. Two years. Two full years. Here's this man had to stay in jail so his hope now is dying. His hope is dying. You remember what I asked you to meditate on? Until the word of God comes to pass, the word of God is going to test us. Joseph is going through tests. Now, God says he's ready. He's ready. He passed all his tests. So he gives Pharaoh a dream. Now the, the cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh. Remember, he remembers the person. And Pharaoh brings him out. And he tells him the dream. And, it, and he tells him the interpretation, all those type of things. And, and boosh, he's elevated to the, to the next in line to Pharaoh. Nobody lift their foot in the kingdom in that Egypt kingdom, unless Joseph says so. But he's not through a test because, see, the first thing that most of us would have done, if we were honest, I remember that, I remember that, that, that bodyguard that put me in prison. I remember his wife that accused me. We're going to get rid of them. Because Joseph could have gotten rid of whoever, Whatever Joseph said, go. You don't hear anything about that, do you? It's not in Scripture. He passed his test. Joseph was ready. Even when his brothers came. See, Joseph was about 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. And we're talking about 17 years old, 30 years old. How many years? 13 years. 13 years. What price are you willing to pay to fulfill God's purposes for your life? You got to keep doing, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Well, the last part is that it's so great that once his brothers and all that came, and we're not going to talk about that, but let's go to the ending of it. After Joseph revealed to his brothers that he is that is that person that they put his soul in slavery, and they didn't know it at the time. Verse 5 of chapter 45. Uh, it's probably not in the, in the uh, PowerPoint, but it's okay. Chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 45, verse 5. He told his brothers, Do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Joe's about 39 now. Because the good years were seven, 
So that's 37, from 30 to 37 when he came out of prison. And then there's two bad years now. I mean, the famine is in the two bad years. That's 39. He's about 39 years old now. Now, therefore, it was not you, this is verse 8, who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. So he tells him, hurry up and go get, the fa- go get father and get everybody and bring them here and I'll take care of you. He could have easily, he could have easily um, not done that. He also tested his brothers in that uh, when, when, when the brothers brought Benjamin, they gave, he gave everybody a, a nice big servant and he gave Benjamin, oh, so much more than he gave the others. He favored Benjamin. I think he gave about five times more. He wanted to check and see whether they still had jealousy. But they didn't. They, 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 they don't care. You give them how much you want to. And we're just grateful. You see? They had passed their tests also. I'm telling you, God wants to bless us. He wants us to fulfill his purposes. But children of God, we have to endure and persevere in the, in the hard times. We have to glean from the life of uh, someone like Job, the life of Joseph, and say, even though the fig tree might not be bearing figs, even though I don't care what is happening, everything is going wrong, I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to bless my Lord. I'm still going to wait on him because it's going to come to pass if he said it. All I have to do is just keep doing what the word of God says and his word is going to come to pass. That's all we have to do. But we have to encourage each other because all of us are going through some things. We have to encourage each other and realize that no one is out of the wilderness as far as things they are going through. We all need to encourage each other, it says in Scripture. You know, just exalt one another daily. Why is today? We need each other. That's why we have to come together together one day of the week so that we can, we can hear the word of God and be encouraged and go back out and do the will of God because sometimes we get weary in well-doing. We want to lift up our hands and hang down. We want to, you know, lift up our eyes uh, to where our help comes from, because our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God is good, isn't he? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434 847 4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.